last time on Out of the Forest. I, I, I'm going to imagine you probably like use your wolf form and like the, your, your sharp teeth and claws to kind of like grind them down into points into stakes, and then you you tie them to the extra rope you have, and essentially stake this thing in place. And now, even in your human form, you, you feel the radiating energies. Uh, but then kind of hooks off abruptly into um, just like a deeper, like not as deep as like the dark woods where it came from, but like a deeper section of woods where like away from all the trails that kind of crisscross around uh, the campgrounds as if it's trying to find a place to hide for the moment. Do we have any kind of idea of what it might be weak to when we were, you know, when we saw it earlier? Did it avoid anything in particular like i mean the wards seem to hurt it maybe we could put wards around the smaller campsite if i don't know if we'd have time to create those all right that makes sense um so enif it's that tent over there and uh Kernanus points at the the tent in question mm, they all look identical he points at the one in question as always, that uh, serves as an impromptu reminder that the Silver Mines are closed for a reason. They are not safe to play around in. They are very dangerous. Please don't go on the Silver Mines. I beg you. What the fuck? There are Silver Mines? Alright, now, you you go back where you belong, fella, alright? There's a, there's a bunch of us out here hunting for the, for the other one that's, that's being a nuisance. So you don't, you don't want any more confusions like this, alright? I would like... To follow them. Seema and the other two begin to, to make their way off, expecting you to, you know, dash off like a wild animal would. But you begin to follow them, and after a few steps of this, Seema looks back and just goes, What? I'm sorry, what? Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a bunch of stuffed animals hoping that they're not at the bottom of the pile. We are currently playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I'm Chris and I'm your GM slash keeper and I'm joined by my players. My name's Evan and I play Baron. My name's Dominic and I play Karen Nunos. My name's Jessica and I play Enif. And my name is Alistair and I play Isaac. Alright, just as a uh, matter of game housekeeping, I suppose, uh... As mentioned back in episode zero, we this is the fourth mystery technically in this full campaign, uh, and Monster of the Week has a luck mechanic where they start with a certain amount of luck points that they can spend to automatically pass a skill or take zero damage from a hit, and they're very useful, but once you run out of them, they're gone, and your character is literally doomed. I just get to basically try and kill them at every turn, uh, more than I already do. Uh, because it's a really neat mechanic, and I love to see my players get to get some use out of that, I'm going to go ahead and give them a reset on their luck points uh, for the purpose of the podcast and it being more interesting to listen to. Uh, so if they start spending luck points again, despite having previously mentioned that they are running low, that is the reason. The night goes on in Kit Carson. The campfire begins to die down as everyone finishes off their s'mores, chats a bit. I'm sure Isaac has some lovely conversations with Toby. Uh, and Toby, I think, introduces you to uh, Fran, who you'd already met uh, because Fran is so friendly. Uh, 
she's friendly with plenty of people, including Toby. And you get to kind of get to know them a little better. Kernunos, uh, you, I guess, keep an eye out on everything. Try and make sure that Alila sees you ew, sighing every time he tries to go find you and glowers at you. As you are even slightly out of his vision. Uh, Baron, you have joined another party. You are with Seema, Abija, and a girl, the Archer, who you learn over the co- some course of time's name is Gwen. They walk, you walk with them, I suppose, is more accurate, as they stalk the woods of the campgrounds, carefully um, seeking out this monster. Uh, you see that they seem to be very competent in their goals. Uh, whatever the crews down in Baby Crockett are doing, it's doing it well. And they are barely making a noise as they move through this forest, and you are following suit. Eventually, as the sun has gone completely down below the horizon, and everything begins ends to get dark, uh, a while later, uh, after stalking this forest for a while, they settle down in a clearing that seems to be set up with all manner of mini-games, and you see on the sign in the entrance of this campsite um, a sign that says Sacagawea. Uh, Sima says, Alright, uh, I think we should just, uh, I guess, establish a base camp here. We can't really go hunting that monster if we're all sleep-deprived. And Abija looks at her, shrugs, and goes, goes, I mean, I can stay up all night as long as you get me. And Seema goes, not now, Abija. We don't, we don't have, like, stocks of monsters. You know that shit's terrible for you. Let's just go ahead and set up some uh, little shelters here. And, and uh, Gwen speaks to him and goes, Seema, this is literally a campsite. Like, we, we're not wilderness surviving right now. Like, there's, there's a pavilion right there. We, we can just sleep under the pavilion. It's fine. And Seema frowns but nods, and they all go over and take sleeping bags out of their backs and set them up on the picnic tables under the uh, pavilion in Sacagawea. Enif, you have been waiting in the tent for a while. Um, I think at some point you, you get bored enough to pull out your phone despite it being a flip phone and notice you have one voicemail from Baron uh, that was, despite being from only the, a decent amount of hours ago, but just earlier today it feels like it was ages ago, of him asking where you guys went uh, back when Isaac was trapped in Iris's pool. Eventually, as things start to quiet down outside and you hear people starting to return to their tents, you are uh, motivated to take a glance out of the tent to see if maybe Isaac and Kernis are returning so you can stop being so damn bored. And in the dying light of the cinders of the campfire, you see it. A humanoid figure dressed in track pants and a green hoodie that casts a shadow over its face. And despite the lack of any features that you can discern, you can tell it's staring right at you. What do you do? How far away is this thing? It is a good, uh, we'll say like, 50 yards away. It's like towards the center of the campsite and you're off towards the edge of it. No one else seems to be reacting to it being there. Okay. I'm going to try and use my third eye. Can I use my third eye from here to look at them? Yeah. Uh, so you can go ahead and uh, read a bad situation with your third eye to try and figure out what's going on. Which is sharp, right? Thank God I leveled up. Yep. 
Uh, so we discussed this before recording, but ENF has leveled up and has learned from their previous mistakes to increase their sharp. Uh, and you rolled a nine, which gives you one question normally, but plus one thanks to your third eye. And you can also see invisible things. Um, I'm going to go ahead and see what questions you have, and I will layer on the invisible things as needed. I'm going to say, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? You open your third eye and try and get a read on this being, and... It's weird because usually your third eye kind of lets you see invisible things and kind of magical currents and every little everything on this planet of yours has at least some sort of magical current attached to it um, because magic is kind of everywhere in spite of what modern society tries to convince people of these days. You actually can see this, uh, this person, this creature, this hooded being, you can see them less with your third eye. Um, but you don't seem to notice any dangers until as you were trying to discern them, you catch on your periphery that everything else in the campsite has come to a screeching halt. There are people walking along, um, who just ha- are balanced unnaturally in their halfway through a walking stride. Uh, the cinders and embers from the campfire have frozen in the air and has ceased flickering and has adopted a constant uh, light level. And the, you, you no longer hear the crickets that uh, ch- chirped in the night. Is this like just in my third eye vision or is this like real life? It's hard to tell. You, you, you think time, time seems to have just stopped. Okay. Um, your third eye vision has kind of revealed that like, this this being does seems to less exist magically in the world. Okay. Um, and the 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 question of what's uh, dangerous you haven't noticed is that time seems to have stopped, and that seems kind of dangerous. And you get one more question. I'm gonna say, what's most vulnerable to me? What's most vulnerable to you? Um, trying to read closer into this being with your third eye. Um, you don't sense any great deal of power coming off of it. Uh, this being doesn't seem to be particularly dangerous in and of itself. So it, it is fairly vulnerable, it seems. Uh, and as you're reading this, it stands up and af- you blink your eyes once and it is suddenly directly in front of you oh my god and it tilts its head confused at your reaction and just goes are you afraid i'm just a little surprised that is fair i shouldn't and i do so i must be very surprising who are you I'm not. Okay. So... Or were you looking for my name? Because that is a very different question. Do you have a name? I do not have the sounds. I cannot speak it. I can, however, attempt to translate it, I suppose. My name is 
that moral ambiguity known to trees as they darken the forest floor. Oh. You can call me moral. Moral works. Um, what are you doing here, moral? Observing. Trying to understand. This is not the way it was, but it is how it should be. Are you observing the campers? No, they are not important. What is important? That isn't decided yet. I'm like legitimately freaked out. <laughs> like, I don't know who this person is. Um, and the, the more you talk to them, the more their voice seems to kind of layer in upon itself. Uh, and just the, the presence of its voice is just starting to give you a splitting headache. Okay. Um, you, you were looking at me, Moral. Is there something you want from me? I... You can't, you can't do, anything do anything for me. I, I merely wish wished Termin if this, if is, this better. is better. But, but I, suppose I suppose me being, me being here is also wrong. wrong, 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 wrong it kind of looks around at the, the, the stopped time around you. Are you the one that's doing this? Doing, doing what exactly? Making everything stand still. Oh, oh, things are not It's merely your perception. perception. And as soon as it says that, you are suddenly aware of the past minute or so that you have been talking to this creature having passed. You are suddenly aware of 60 seconds of time that hadn't happened but now have and always have. And you hear a voice uh, to your right say, Brian, is that you? Is, is Moral still there? Moral is gone. Um, and they never were there. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. Um, then who, who is it that said Brian? I like look over there. Who is it? You look over and Cato is like looking outside of the, the, the tent monstrosity that speedrunners club have built next to Isaac's tent. Uh, looking at you, poking your head just a little bit out of the tent. I'm just going to wordlessly poke my head back into the tent. <laughs> you hear Cato go, uh, oh, okay, sure. And... Then you hear the flap of his tent uh, flap close, and you hear the sounds of someone kind of hobbling f across the pallets of that tent as he presumably maneuvers it with his uh, cast on. Um, and shortly after that, uh, Isaac and Kernunos return to the tent. Hey, Enif. I'm uh, glad that you have been hanging out here. You missed men. You actually missed quite some, some fun stuff at the fire. Uh, sorry about that. Um... How's everything going? I, I don't... I don't know. I just... Did you see someone in front of the tent earlier? When you were on your way here? Did you, did you see anybody? In front of the tent? I was... 
I was talking to somebody. I saw like yeah, Kato over by the other tent. No, not, not him. Here. <laughs> not there was someone I saw them from far away and then suddenly they were just in front of me and time stopped and I was talking to them but they weren't making any sense and then I blinked and they were gone. They look like an old miner. Was his name old man Jack? Maybe that was him. <laughs> God, Enif, tell me no, please. <laughs> I a miner? I Yeah. I no. They're wearing a tracksuit. Mm. It was very strange. Wait, it wasn't hold on. an old dude though. So it wasn't the same person you saw in your basement the other other day. I don't they sounded so differently though. This person uh, maybe I don't At know. this point I think I, I think Kernunus like steps back outside to take a look around. Uh you step outside and you see most people kind of hang back to their tents. Um I think from the the time skip time you are aware of uh two things that you kind of need to keep an eye out for. One is that the volunteers are on a rotation of being on watch, just in case the wolf ends up being a real threat and showing up, because, again, they think it's just another uh, dog. Uh, so there is uh, one volunteer adult kind of sitting on one of the uh, picnic tables under the pavilion, just keeping an eye out. Uh, I think they're reading a book and glancing up every once in a while. And Toby who has gone to the latrines to, to use the, the water spots there to brush his teeth and generally get ready to hit the hay. Um, so you see him over there uh, uh, brushing his teeth. So you have, until that is finished, to figure out what to do about Enif, uh, who's not supposed to be in your tent. Oh, fuck. Um, all right, Enif, we need to shuttle you out of camp. Wait, what? Um, Isaac has a, a tent mate that's going to come back. Oh, right. I tried to go through his stuff. Wait, you tried to get through his stuff? There was nothing interesting in there anyways. What? <laughs> Why would you rifle through someone's things? I was bored. You just left me here. Speaking of which, I'm also really hungry. So please tell me oh, you well, brought I, some food with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have some potato wedges and oh, some... thank um, God. <laughs> Enos just like grabs them and just starts eating them. <laughs> Munch, crunch, 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 munch. I mean, we should probably, yeah, figure out more about this person, but I suspect we don't have much time left. Where am I supposed to go then? Just hide out in the Um, woods? Well, I would think that maybe Ranger Tom's cabin is probably a safe place to go. Oh, right, I forgot about him. I've been thinking about that all week. (laughs) (laughs) It's also worth noting that in the corner of Isaac's tent is... Uh, I believe three additional sleeping bags and a tent. I bought that, those. Uh, <laughs> Evan left there before the whole ghost business happened <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and has been sitting there this entire time. Where did this tent and sleeping bags come from? These were not mine. Oh. <laughs> Is that my beautiful bag? <laughs> Baron and I went when, when I went to go get you clothes and stuff, he went and got you camping stuff. And that is some oh, well, that's of the stuff. nice of them. Yes. Which I guess. Well, maybe we can use some of this. I guess I could use. Them. Or you could. Yeah, or you could maybe go to Ranger Tom's just because maybe it'll be safer from the wolf. Because I assume that you know if there's like 
four walls that are made of wood, it's better than like kind of three flaps. D- domish, maybe. domish everything that's made of yeah cloth. thin. I don't know yeah, cloth, but we don't know if anybody else is in Ranger Tom's cabin. If I just show up and stay there, he could have cabin mates too. Might be a little that's... weird. Yeah. Um, Plus, I, mean, I don't. I don't want to leave him. this area yet, just in case Moral comes back. So who? The person in the tracksuit. Um. I'm. Moral. That's what they. Well, they had a long ass name, but Moral was the nickname they gave me, and I honestly can't even remember the other one. So, okay, that's definitely well, something we'll need to um, <laughs> follow up on. I have to pass that one out later. Um, for now, we need to get you out of this campsite. All right. Um, I'm going to pick up the one of the sleeping bags and a tent, and then uh, re- re-retrieve my bag of stuff that Isaac got, um, like my uh, tarot cards and things like that. All right. I'm, I guess I'll just hang out in the woods. That should be fine, right? I I think check, it'll be fine. Check, check Ranger Tom's cabin first, and then see if you have to just sleep in the woods. All right, I'll go to his cabin, I guess. All right, and I'm gonna sneak out of Isaac's cabin into the woods. Oh, Isaac's got a cabin now, sweet. Is <laughs> his tent? I'm gonna sneak out of Isaac's tent into the woods. <laughs> All right, uh, so Enos sneaks off, uh, leaving Isaac and Carnunos in the tent. Uh, it is not that long afterwards that you hear uh, the crunching of leaves under Toby's feet as he comes into comes up to the tent, and you hear him kind of knock on the canvas, which I wish I had any kind of way to do that fully work, but I absolutely do not. Um, and you hear Toby go, hey, Isaac, are, are you decent? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Come on in. Uh, and Toby walks on in and sees Kernunus standing and goes, Oh, uh, hello, sir. Oh, yeah, this is my dad. He's, uh... <laughs> just kind of, like, stare at Kernunus. I think you already introduced I'm... him before. It's like the second, dad. second time introducing that's him. That's true. Yes, that's, to- that's Toby right. goes, yes, we met, we met earlier. Uh, it was, uh... I don't think I caught your name, or, or what should I call you, sir? Jason. Uh, nice, uh, nice to probably to meet you, Jason. I'm, uh, I think, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm Toby. I'm his tent mate, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, all be friends. Absolutely, Toby. Nothing to worry about. You're all safe here. And <laughs> Kurnus <laughs> walks out of the tent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> as Kurnus leaves, Toby smiles. He pats smile. him on the shoulder and then walks out. Toby's smile goes from sincere to, like, the same panicked uh, smile that Isaac had when Isaac learned that he was getting a tent made in the first place. <laughs> and Toby looks to Isaac and just goes, it, is it just me? Is your dad a little weird? I mean, yeah, is he a little, he's a little weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a long day, so I'm gonna hit the hay. Uh, it was nice yeah. meeting you, Isaac, and I, I hopefully tomorrow the Lockdown's off, and we can go play some fun games. Oh, sure. That sounds great. One quick question before you go to bed. Um, how heavy of a sleeper are you? 
You know, because like in case I snore or <laughs> need to get up, I need Something to know how quiet I have to be. <laughs> Isaac is not tactful. Well, you notice when I'm killing to- to- Toby, s- stop smiling at that question. And just goes. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I sleep well enough. I have a. I'm not sure I feel comfortable answering that question. I don't think <laughs> oh, your snoring will bother me, though. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to disturb you if I stayed up for a little bit longer uh, before going to bed. Toby will remember that. I know I would. We have consequences uh, in this game. And and, and Toby uh, works his way into a sleeping bag, and he, at first he is laying with his head facing the... Uh, the uh, wall of the tent, and after a couple of seconds of considering that, he rolls over to face your cot <laughs> and then closes his eyes. Baron, um, you are in Sacagawea as Gwen, Seema, and Abijah are setting up their sleeping bags. They have on their super prepared looking big old backpacks uh, on the picnic tables under the pavilion. It's, it's much smaller than the Kit Carson pavilion because these are supposed to be like family campsites. It's basically got enough room for the the three, or it's got four, I think, picnic tables underneath of it and then like a grill. Uh, and that's about all that's under this. The other one had room for like closer to like 10 picnic tables. In any case, they set it up, and I think Seema, as as soon as she's done setting hers up, goes and uh, stands outside the pavilion as Abija and Gwen begin getting in their sleeping bags. Uh, and Seema looks over at you and just goes, So you're uh, sticking it out with us, I guess. You haven't made a move to leave so far. You are a weird wolf. And you hear Gwen call, Don't be mean to the wolf! <laughs> Seema! Are you being mean to the wolf? <laughs> Don't! I think I'm just gonna go... See, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I, I don't know much about wolves, but I'm, I'm 95% certain they don't bark. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Baron doesn't Baron, know either. Baron's cover is blown by Baron him is, just yeah. not understanding how wolves work. <laughs> Pretty much. Seema, Seema shrugs and goes, oh, I guess I'm not allowed to be mean to you. That's right, Seema. You can't be mean to the wolf. It's badass. And Seema just chuckles a little bit to herself. And uh, with that... Uh, turns back to you again and just goes you want to take first watch with me i'll kind of just like bow my head like like yep i'll do it with you are you fucking domestic <laughs> what the hell <laughs> <laughs> she she shakes her head and then begins kind of wandering uh around the campsite kind of looking out in the darkness um after I, I think Gwen was carrying a lantern and she turns it off as soon as her and Abija kind of settle down to her sleep, at which point Seema turns on a flashlight and starts kind of patrolling the area, keeping uh, her eyes out. It's Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> oh my god. 
It's the weirdest fucking shagging. I think she is more prepared. <laughs> yeah, she's she's more prepared than Shaggy usually is. She's more prepared. Uh, I don't. Brave, we don't have to wait. To and do also, like, snakes. capable. No, it's not hungry. Decidedly not a Caucasian man. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. And Baron is a giant wolf. Also Alternate true. universe, Scooby Doo and Jack. Actually, can't talk. <laughs> it yep. would, it would, it's worth noting. <laughs> no, I'm wolf. Yeah. It doesn't bear any more uh, similarities to Scooby Doo than it does any other person lupine <laughs> combo. Oh man. So uh, what do you do? Uh, do you just continue patrolling with her? Uh yeah, I don't, are we like in place, like watching, or we're, I, she's are we kind of wandering there? around the campsite. She's not act, she's not like leaving the campsite or like going off on a trip. She's just kind of like going back and forth or like circling the pavilion, I guess, kind of shining the flashlight between the trees at routine intervals. Okay. Um. Let's see. Um. Can I roll to investigate a mystery? Uh, let's see if I can sure. see if the monster is close. I don't know how much information you get out of it, but I'll, let you, I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, go and give me that uh, with plus one. All right. As you kind of like try and sniff the air and get a feel for what's going on around you. Actually, I feel like trying to see if the monster is nearby is more read a bad situation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I could... Yeah, it's def- the question's yeah, definitely no, more why, is, yeah, and, definitely. and you're not you're not like trying to understand the monster or figure out what's going on. You're trying to yeah, figure out more like a guard. Is bad thing now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so go ahead and give me, and you do not get that plus one, unfortunately, for yep. whatever uh, rule reason. That's sharp. So that is plus zero for you, and that is a four. Jeez! Oh my god! Golly! The door! Not I'm getting out great. of the way. Can. All right, let's uh, let me let me pull that out. I believe that's one where you give up some information, and or misread the situation. Um, so I think I know what I want to do here. I just want to double check the rules real quick. Uh, why do I roll? Why, God, why? Yeah. Uh, all right. So. What would you say is the wolf's best way into the campsite? You're talking about the uh, the, the monster, right? The monster, yes. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just referring to you as the Dan, wolf. Dan, I'm a wolf too. I don't know. I was like... <laughs> In third person, <laughs> I'm talking sure? to you. God. Um, I mean, probably to, to bypass the campsite. Like around All right. us. That's fair. Um, I'll take that. Um, you patrol till the end of your uh, you're in Seema's shift, uh, and this is probably a solid three hours, I'd say, that you guys are just kind of walking around. Seema, every once in a while, like, tries to strike you up in conversation before realizing that she is very tired and you are a wolf. Um, so that goes very little to nowhere. Um, and eventually, uh, Abijo wakes up and goes, All right, Seema. Uh, I'm up. You can... Ooh. Ooh. You can go ahead and take a nap. And uh, Seema smiles gratefully and without a word goes over to her sleeping bag. 
Um, you are also getting very tired. Yep. It has been a very long day for Baron. Yep, that sounds about right. Do you go ahead and take a good, good sleep? I'm gonna take a sleep like a good boy, yeah. So, Kernunos, you. Yeah. Yeah, you. You wandered off from the tent after saying some vaguely foreboding stuff to, to Toby. That Don't want was, him to get too comfortable. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll be safe, or something to that effect. Uh, <laughs> yep. And then you left the tent. What were, Where did Kernunos head after that? I think that um, he, he kind of followed. Uh, like Enif's trail to make sure that they got out okay All to right, the best uh, of his ability yeah you kind of use your, your forest tracking skills and you, you see the uh, signs of their movement through the forest pretty clearly uh, and they seem to have made it out the back of Kit Carson and uh, from your memory of the map kind of made it to probably one of the walking trails and started heading you would imagine towards the ranger's cabin. That's about as far as you can see before you're like really heading out of camp, though. Gotcha. Um, so once once uh, he's fairly sure that Enif is like gonna be okay, more or less. Uh, I think he retreats to a. Not like he doesn't leave the campsite, but he kind of goes off to the side, and attempts to. Uh, not put down a ward, but build like a little bit of a a, a barrier around the campsite all right so you're uh, using magic to deny a place to a specific monster or whatever the exact wording on that is correct or a place or portal to a specific person or type of creature all right long <laughs> time is... time to lock enif out <laughs> goodbye <laughs> goodbye fucko <laughs> Um, so let me try to do magic. Let's see how that goes for me. Out of curiosity, what does yeah. this, uh, look, what does this spell look like for Kerninus? I think that, um, you know fairy rings? Yeah. It's that. Just, just on a larger scale? Yeah, just a, a bunch of mushrooms pop out of the ground around the campsite. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Alright, give me that, uh, plus for your girl. Hey! Yes. That, is a ten. Ten. that is a perfect success. So, Kerninus, you concentrate on your uh, divine energies and will this uh, fey circle into existence. Uh, and you see the mushrooms just very gradually growing out of the dirt uh, in a perfect ring around the campsite. And you, uh, with your divine sight, see the mystical shimmer in the air. Uh, cool. And you, you sense that this place is now barred from that weird eyewolf thing. And now, for the first time all night, I will actually go to the bathroom instead of just pretending. So, Enif, you exited out the back of Isaac's tent without any creepy things said to any campers. <laughs> um, for once, I was the normal one. You headed into the woods long. with your tent and a sleeping bag, uh, with the instructions to go to Rangers Tom's cabin, or the suggestion, they weren't really instructions, they're not the boss of you, um, but the suggestion that Rangers Tom's cabin would be your safest bet. Uh, what did Enif do? 
I feel like I don't, is Enif like super tired at this point? It has been a very long day for all of you. You have literally wrestled with a dire wolf and cast a lot of spells, which are pretty draining, and got your soul ripped out. You are exhausted. Okay. And it still very much hurts to move from from your your bandaged wounds. I think if Enif wasn't so damn exhausted, um, I would. I think they would want to check up on the wards because they don't know that Baron fixed up the other one. They just think it's unfinished. It's true. And, um, but I'm thinking that Enif might be too tired to make that trip. <laughs> you know? Um, That's fair. So I think the wards are close to the Rangers Club, though, right? Or They are not. Uh, looking at the map... Um, I can pull it up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ranger's cabin is like very much towards the center of the campgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Tom's exact instructions were if you followed the ranger's cabin back to the main road and then put yourself looking directly between Teddy Roosevelt and Charles Mason, which are basically across the way from the ranger's cabin, and just walked in the forest a good while. I think it was like a quarter of a mile or something. I'm not sure if he said anything specific. Uh, but it is out towards the edge of the campgrounds. It's past like the map, okay. so they're not. But the ranger's cabin definitely... is like half, a halfway point between Kit Carson and the wards. More like a one third of the way. One third of the way. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Enif went that direction, thinking like I'm gonna go check out in the wards, and then taking it a couple of like meters is like that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so they decide to go to the ranger's cabin. Because it's like, it's already on the way. All right. You head over to the ranger's cabin and this is the first time you've been to the ranger's cabin that uh, Tom's big rusty truck wasn't out front, uh, which leads you to surmise that he is probably elsewhere, maybe hunting for the monster like he suggested. In your last radio conversation, there are no lights on in the cabin or in the sizable tool shed off to the side of it. So question is, do I break into this dude's house or do I just camp out next to it? Uh, there's like no signs that anybody's in here, right? Uh, not to your knowledge. The truck is gone and all the lights are off. You you don't detect any okay. can I peek through, like, obvious signs. Can I peek through the window and see if anybody's in there? Uh, you begin walking around and peeking through the windows, uh, and eventually you make it, uh, to a window. I I think you see through all the windows and they're, for the most part, they're all, there's no one there. It's fairly, it's really dark in there, so it's kind of hard to tell. Um, the last window that you come to has the, uh, curtains drawn, so you are uncertain of what's in there. The lights are still, still seem to be off behind the curtains, though. Hmm. But it's dark, and somebody could be in there. I am not going to break into this dude's house, because I don't know if anybody's in there. But I'm going to pitch a tent very, just, for not far, not too far off from it. So Okay, so you go and set up your tent. Um, I'm imagining it takes a little while for Anna, just because they've never probably put up a tent before. No, but and I'm very it's... tired. You're very tired, but Enif is also, in spite of their lack of knowledge, like technology and modern stuff, like, is a fairly competent person in general, and so figures it out without too too much extra time added. 
and you get your ten up and the, the sleeping bag set up inside. Do you just then pass out from exhaustion? No, um, because this entire time I think Eno's been trying to figure out because something that Cornuno said really made them think of whether this moral, you know, uh, being that they encountered is the same being they encountered earlier. Um, but they can't remember unless they can remember. <laughs> um, they seemed very similar. I'll give you that much. Okay. Um, but, um, uh, I was wondering if I could use magic to observe another place or time to go back to that moment to see if I can figure out if they are the same person. All right. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to allow it. I will say we have previously established that you can only do one or the other, but since this is Enif's own memory, I think that I will allow it in this case. Yay! Uh, because it's your own memory, you're not like using it to go, I'm going to go look at what happened in Baron's house on Tuesday, the 13th of September. <laughs> Just investigating all of Flo- Baron's like, floating life. Floating slightly above his home. There was a lot of wood cutting, I'll tell you that. All right, what do we get <laughs> on your that plus weird rule? That is a nine. You get to choose a glitch, and I will let you know what that glitch means. Mm. I'm going to say uh, it's a short duration. All right, so you settle down into your tent and begin to, to meditate on your own memories and using magic to transport yourself back through them so you can dare to compare and you find yourself um tears of rage and despair still on your still wet on your cheeks uh halfway through toppling one of your um your shelves and you abruptly see this figure again this this person in in track pants and a a green hoodie with the hood shadowing over his face and more shadows than should be in the corner and you you, this memory comes back to you very clearly and you remember what happened next except that's not what happens next in this memory the figure looks at you and cocks its head in confusion and just goes oh i didn't expect you to come back here and you are tossed back out of your memory. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is so weird. This is so weird. Okay. Um. I'm assuming morals like not here, like when I get no. back to it. Y- you you are alone in your tent. All alone. Um, um can I use uh, sensitive to see if there is anything around me? All right. So y- you coming back from that immediately sink back deeper into your trance. This time, just opening yourself up to a general psychic impression. Uh, so go ahead and give me that plus weird roll. Oh, that is a perfect success, which gives you a distinct vision. Uh, on a ten or more, you gain a definite impression, a vision, tangible aura, overheard thought, etc., about something important. Although you will find out something important, it won't necessarily relate to your current concerns or the mystery you are investigating right now. 
Um, so you get a definite impression. You hear a thought, uh, but this thought is not in words. You, it, it is, it is mental humming, and it is this tune that puts your hairs on edge. It, it, the the melody seems to move in all the wrong ways, uh, but in a way that seems as if one note logically follows the previous. It's it sounds wrong and yet right at the same time, and. As you come out of your sensitive reverie, you find yourself humming the tune until you catch yourself doing it and immediately stop. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And at that moment, you you feel the exhaustion coming over you, and you feel yourself fighting to remain conscious. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna on that super creepy thought. I'm just gonna pass out. <laughs> Isaac. Yeah. Toby is trying to go to sleep. Um, he has closed his eyes, making sure to be facing you after your question about how deeply he sleeps. Um, what, what, and Kernutus and Enif have both left for wherever they're headed. What do you do? I'm going to very purposefully lie in my cot like staring straight up just in a not weird way in a not weird way just like <laughs> waiting <laughs> like after like maybe a good 30 seconds i realize that i'm, I'm gonna close my eyes um and i'm gonna just make it seem like i'm pretending to you know try to fall asleep but i'm very distinctly like waiting until toby falls asleep all right here's a fun one i want you to go and act under pressure for after this long and exhausting day and laying in bed and closing your eyes to actually try and not actually fall asleep. <laughs> sure. Um, which one is that? Cool? That is plus cool. Oops. I think minus cool in your yeah. situation. That would be a seven. Uh, Alright, for a seven you get a mixed success, so I'm going to give you a worse outcome here. I think you do drift off to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. You do Scrub. eventually wake Damn. up. Uh, later on in the night, but you have slept for for a few hours at this point. You, you kind of pull out your phone to check the time, and you went to sleep probably around ten o'clock at night, I'd estimate. And it is now one thirty in the morning, and we will address that once we figure out what Kernunos has been doing for that time. So I think uh, Kernunos actually does what Olila would want, and is just kind of like. Looking around and making sure everything's okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you sort of, I guess, joined the the, the night night watch, as it were, uh, keeping an eye on and checking on everything. Uh, I guess go and give me a read a bad situation, much yes. like Baron did. Uh, that is sharp. Yes. That is sharp. Yep. Okay. Hey, there's All a right, ten. That you get three questions from a ten on. Uh, read a bad situation what will they do let's see um where is there we go um hmm 
Okay. Uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Uh, you are watching along, and as you are kind of keeping your eye out as, as well as possible, you just barely see it in the darkness beyond camp. You see this big hawking shape make its way towards the camp, just sort of skulking along. And as soon as it reaches the edge, you hear a very low snarl. Just as you and and you can see its shape kind of pawing at the edge of it, uh, probably having reached your barrier. And you see it begin to wander off. Okay. Um... What's most vulnerable to me? Most vulnerable to you? Um, most vulnerable to you. I would say that the most vulnerable part of the wolf would probably, well, right now, um, I guess just be like its mouth. Like if you could stab it in its mouth. You, you saw when you were fighting or when you and Enif were, were dealing with Baron, you saw Enif toss one of their ice missiles at it, and it didn't even make it all the way through its mat, like heavy matted fur. Uh, so you would presume that if you were to try and fight the monster right now, the best way to go about it would be go for the soft bits, like the inside of the mouth or its eyes. Okay. And um, what is the best way to protect the victims? The best way to protect the victims is very likely to just keep them within your fairy ring. The fairy ring seems to have done a great job of keeping it out, uh, but obviously it won't keep anyone in, so you don't want to let anyone wander off. So I need a second fairy ring (laughs) that keeps humans from leaving. Perfect. Um, But yeah, I mean, most everyone at this point has gone to their tents to to go to bed, so you seem to be pretty alright on that front, knock on wood. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, uh, he says nothing about this to anyone and continues his patrol. All right, so you continue patrolling for, for several hours pass at this point, uh, and the, the other guard has kind of rotated a few, uh, like at once, and the, the, the first guard that comes out uh, gives you a quizzical look but doesn't seem to care enough to ask questions and sort of just puts down like a, a camping chair and leans way back in it and you see them just kind of struggling to keep their eyes open as they just mm. sit there um the second shift change comes out and as they're kind of walking from their tent they just go hey what are you what are you doing up <clears throat> uh just having a hard time sleeping oh i mean i you you taking those uh those those wolf rumors a little a little seriously, or is uh, it, is it something else? Uh, no, nothing like that. Just uh, <laughs> used used to the heater at home, a little cold. <laughs> yeah, it's getting it is getting a little chilly. At the the fall really hit us hard. I barely barely got that early autumn. Just now going straight into winter, I guess. Yeah, so it seems. Uh, the, the the guy smiles and goes, "Well, if if you need someone to talk to, I'll be 
over in the pavilion over here, keeping doing my, my watch hour. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind the company. Uh, the the name's Martin, and he holds out his hand in greeting. Jason, and uh, Kuninos takes his hand. Uh, as you shake hands, you you kind of like <clears throat> t- take the look of Martin. He looks like a fairly like standard Caucasian man. He is got like blonde hair, brown eyes. Uh, a big smile and is a little broad at the shoulders, but beyond that is is pretty average size. He, he's got a very slight beer belly as well. Um, he is wearing just like a flannel shirt, uh, unbuttoned to reveal his exceptionally hairy chest, mm. and he's wearing he's wearing um, I think he's just wearing sweatpants. Don't say short shorts. Okay. <laughs> he's, wearing, he's wearing like sweatpants, so like it looks like he just tossed on the shirt. Um, very quickly to do the watch and didn't bother on changing what he was sleeping in as far as pants. Uh, something to consider. Uh, Kernunos is wearing Enif's clothing. Mm-hmm. What did so, you grab? You tell me. <laughs> I'm like, well, Enif has like no concept of, you know, like what gendered clothing is. So they have everything, you know, from like mm. pants, skirts, whatever, dresses, and they just grab shit and like just like put it in the bag and uh, mm-hmm. and just grab things. <laughs> they just like grab things that they thought looked like Isaac's size. Um, so I'm going to be saying there's at least like a mm, couple pairs of pants in there, maybe at least one skirt for sure. Unlike all right, I think um, I think Kunus grabbed like, I don't know, a pair of joggers <laughs> and a, a a shirt that's a little too too like billowy mm. for him, but is like a nice big shirt. All right, so Martin goes and uh sits on down at one of the picnic tables and he pulls out his phone that you can see uh is wired to something in his pocket, presumably uh like a charging brick since you are out in the forest and he just begins like scrolling through his phone. Uh, Kernunos checks his phone's battery, just now realizing, oh shit, hold on. It is, uh, I feel like we established that Kernunos, like, powers his own phone with divine energies, didn't we? Oh, is that a like, thing? Yeah, we when? did. I th- Neat. Like, like, it, I, I it do remember that, just yeah. consistently at, like, 50% battery. I do remember something um, like that. So, <clears throat> you, you double-check that and then remember that that's never been a problem for you. <laughs> cool. Uh, what? yeah, no, I think, um, he is not going to keep this lonely, lonely man company. <laughs> I think there's, there's more important things to be doing. Like making sure that this creature does not get in because now he has seen it nearby. Fair. So you continue doing your, uh, your watch until it is around the, the, the one in the morning that Isaac wakes up and we will shift back over to him. Isaac, you wake up at about one in the morning. Uh, you hear Toby, um, he's not quite snoring. He is breathing fairly loudly. Uh, it's just, it's like just on the edge of a snore, uh, but he is clearly out cold. Oh, heck. Oh, shoot. I fell asleep. Damn it. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to like try to like cautiously peel myself out of my cot as quietly as I can. Um, Iris, is there anyone outside? Iris pokes her head through the top of the tent as she did before uh, and says, looks like Kernunos is 
just kind of wandering wildly around the camp. I don't know, don't know what he's doing. And there's a there's a guy uh, sitting there on his phone. Uh, that's it. Those are the only people out there. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, grab my phone and look. Like, I turn it on, and first of all, probably get blinded by the by the brightness until it auto corrects. <laughs> you fool! How did you set <laughs> night mode on? Um, I wasn't that smart. <laughs> it is now. It's on night mode now. Um, I'll text Kurnunos and say, "Ah, sorry, I I fell asleep. Um, what's the plan?" Uh, Kurnunos checks his phone and just types back, uh, "The creature is outside the camp. Don't die." <laughs> Sends back a um a, a thumbs up emoji. Um, what about Enif and Baron? Hmm. I think Kurnunos uh. Punches in Baron's number to see what he can find. Uh, so you call Baron, and the phone just continues ringing until it goes to voicemail. And Baron is vaguely aware of somewhere in the the, the ether a <laughs> phone <space>. ringing. <laughs> I feel it in my bones. <laughs> uh, Krunus texts back to Isaac. No clue. Uh, I look at Iris. I'm just like that's that's worrying, right? That's something we should probably be worried about. I would think so. Iris considers this for a second and goes, well, I don't sense anything bad happening right now. And not that I always sense everything bad happening. That would be the worst way to live I could ever conceive of. But I don't think anything, I don't think we have anything to worry about immediately. Okay. Um, hmm. I mean, the, Camp seems safe for the moment. My premonitions seem to happen kind of around dusk, and it's past dusk now, so I don't think anything is going to happen tonight, unless there's a different event that we didn't foresee. Um, my cot is kind of nice and cozy. I kind of do want to stay here. Iris uh, thinks for a moment and goes, I, I mean, if you, you want to be certain, we can, now that we kind of know that we can do it and maybe actually do it on purpose we can try and reach out and see if we can sense the monster and figure out what it's doing yeah i was about to say we might try to tune into it um it probably i mean it probably already knows where we are um it's not like the camp is particularly hidden so even if it does sense us not too much of downside but maybe we can try to find out more um about it about what it wants about maybe what it's weak to all right, uh, go ahead and give me that uh, plus weird roll. Ten. Ten, nice. Thanks, goodness. I was, Thank you, ten. I, I can only do so many bad things to you until I feel start feeling bad. <laughs> All right, so on a ten plus for tune in, you, uh, you and Iris, I, I guess Iris kind of forms like a focus for your, your budding ghostly psychic powers, and you reach through her presence, and... I think she kind of like turns into to a wisp of energy and forms a string between you and the monster. Um, and on a 10 up, you get to ask three questions from the list. I'm going to ask, what is it planning to do right now? Ooh, good one. Uh, you are, you have the most disorienting view. Uh, 
when when you tune into this monster, you have the view of two normal eyes, which which are pretty thing, and you you can feel the other eyes despite them being closed. You, much like you can kind of feel the the vision of your left eye even when it's closed, you can sense like the 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 darkened vision of all these other eyes. Um, and it, it is it is a disorienting feeling because while you're still seeing about as much as you normally would, you can sense you can you can feel that you can sometimes sense a lot more, um, and you sense its desire. It is currently scouting out the area. You sense it is seeking out holes in security, as it was places it can slink in and destroy and remove what it needs to. Who does it regard as the biggest threat? You see it considering, um, it, it, as I was saying, it was, uh, it was seeking out uh, holes in security, and it is also, of course, seeking out, like, strength and security. And one of the biggest things in its mind that it seems to be considering right now, you see a vision clear as day of Enif ch- as they were channeling the, the barrier as it attempted to break through. Hmm. And I'm going to say that probably unintentionally answered the other question, which would have been, who is it going to attack next? Um, I assume probably everyone's a threat, but it seems like Enif might be more so. Did, uh, were going to ask who's going to attack next? Or it was either that or what I'm going to go with, which is, where is the creature right now? Where is the creature right now? Uh, you sense it, actually not that far away, you sense it... Um, it from your connection with it, you can you sense that it was just outside your camp, uh, but it is making its way um, through the forest around the backside of the camps. Uh, from your ghostly senses, you sense that it is probably around uh, the big open area of camp between uh, like to the west no sorry east of Jim Bridger and north of Daniel Boone like that big empty area there uh, where there's no campground uh, establishments it is running through the forest out there and then you sense Iris's connection strain and you feel a snap as Iris uh, reforms back in the tent uh, her looking a little strained. I was about to say her breathing is ragged, but I doubt she has to breathe. So she is just, she just looks strained. She might do it for show. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that I'm tired? <laughs> I don't I have to breathe. Tired. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> I'm doing this so you know that I'm tired. No, she just okay. looks fairly strained from, from the rest. And she goes, well, that uh went better than our last attempt. I think, I think we're figuring out how this works. Yeah, I think we're getting better at it. Good job. Um, it definitely seems like the wards are holding for now. It's frustrated that it can't get in, but it's still searching. Um, it definitely looks like it's probably most mad at Enif, and if Enif is anywhere in its proximity, um, they'd probably be the first one to be attacked. I know that we said maybe head over to Ranger Tom's cabin, I don't know where they ended up setting up their tent and if it's anywhere in the monster's path. Um, 
I'll, I'll try to text Enif directly um, and just ask, like, how close to camp are you? You text Enif and wait a while and you do not get a response. Um, for the sake of moving the narrative forward, as you're waiting for Enif's response, you eventually fall back asleep. Yeah, sure. I'm a tired boy. You all wake up the next morning, except for Kernunas being a demigod, who is now fairly tired, but has been patrolling the whole night. Kernunas, you see as the campers all begin to, to wake up. I think actually the first thing you hear is one of the more irritating things you've heard generated by technology. It is the most annoying alarm song you've ever heard, uh, playing a no. very cheery uh, no. singing voice and just intermittent good mornings oh, no. throughout the entire uh. thing. I will not present the song directly in case of copyright issues, but you all know what I'm talking no. about. Uh, and with that, many of the campers began getting up and, and exiting their tents. Uh, Isaac, you wake up and Toby kind of like lurches awake as this, this song echoes through camp. Shoot, I fell asleep again. And Toby is rubbing his eyes and goes, you, I'm sorry, do you say something, Isaac? Uh, no, I just hate waking up in the morning. Uh, how, hi, Toby, how'd you sleep? Ah, uh, 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 pretty good, all things considered. I, uh... How'd you sleep? It's your first time, right? Yeah, um, a little uncomfy, a little cold, but definitely, uh, definitely, you know, experiencing the outdoors which is the whole point of this uh this camping trip so yeah, it's great a, it's night a, great night it's a good time if you if you if you're a little too cold and he's like rubbing his eyes and like peeling himself out of his sleeping bag uh sal's i'm pretty sure sells blankets specifically for for people who aren't used to how cold it can get at at night outside oh maybe i'll go check him out later thanks yeah uh I'm gonna go out and I've actually got morning duty for breakfast, so I'm gonna get on over there. Oh, sure. See you over there. He quickly, uh, I think, um, tosses on like a, a, a hoodie because it's it's fairly cold, and he was just like in an uh, undershirt in the in the sleeping bag, uh, and puts on his shoes, and he he leaves the tent, leaving you alone in there. Uh, Kernunos, you are seeing, you see Toby exit Isaac's tent, and you see, um, you see, uh, Kato kinda get out of the tent and hobble on over towards the, uh, towards the pavilion, and the rest of the, the, the speedrunning club catch up with them, uh, and any number of other names slowly make their ways out of their tents. <laughs> what is Kernunos doing? Um, I think he's waiting for Isaac to get out. Alright, does Isaac do that thing? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I'll get out of the, I'll get out of the tent. Alright, uh, Isaac comes on out of the tent. This would have been such an interesting standoff, because we know Cornudos would have waited forever. <laughs> <laughs> He's got nothing going on. <laughs> uh, have I seen any more of the, the piece throughout the night? Uh, no, it was there, like, kind of probing the edges of your barrier for probably a good half an hour when you first saw it. 
Uh, but after that, you kind of saw it leave the area, and you didn't see it for the rest of the night. Gotcha. And um, did Isaac hear from Enif at all? Um, I think Enif's probably still asleep at this point, because that alarm went off pretty early, and Enif was exhausted. I don't think Enif knows how to set an alarm on their phone. That's probably true, too. So yeah, Enif is probably still asleep. Gotcha. Ah, Isaac, good morning. Mm, morning, Dad. <laughs> I think your newness looks at you really confused for a second. He goes, ah, yes. <laughs> Isaac is by far the best at this job. <laughs> he just wants to pro- have a dad. Yeah, no, he probably actually honestly is still like kind of half asleep and called him dad probably subconsciously and then hmm. kind of woke up a little bit but realized, no, yeah, he's supposed to be my dad, so it works. Does Isaac have... A real dad? Oh, yeah. Okay. Does Isaac have parents? Is Isaac an orphan? Because, <laughs> like, it sounded for a second like he did. Isaac has Do parents. Isaac's parents His even parents worry fine. about him? He's been gone for so long. I mean, he's been he's at college. college. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, he lives with roommates. They're like, oh, man, he's having such a good time at college. He's doing college boy things, you know, getting a degree in photography. Being photo um, kid. <laughs> photo kid 27 go. on Reddit. <laughs> Um, uh, morning. <clears throat> Did you sleep? Uh, no. I just kind of made sure nothing went wrong. Do you sleep? Well, I sleep. Get tired otherwise. Okay. Just... Keeping, as he says this, he is the, the picture of being awake, however. <laughs> like, he, he does not look coffee. tired at all. I'm super tired right now. I'm very tired. Um, okay, well, good morning then. Um, it seems like nothing happened overnight, which is both good and bad. Um, the wolf, you know, didn't attack, but from my understanding, that means that the lockdown's gonna be over today, um, and they're probably gonna let people out and about in the woods, but that thing is still out there, which presents a problem. Um, so I don't know if you have a plan for today, but I I definitely am a little bit more worried um, about how things might go. Well, we have the issue that if people start leaving this campsite, they're going to be in danger. I put a ward around it to keep the immediate area safe, but once the campers go out to do things, they're not going to be protected anymore. I sense that. Um... Last night I was able to to kind of tune into to the the creature, um, and I, it was frustrated that it couldn't get in. So the words you put up definitely worked. I was kind of skulking around in the woods looking for a way in. Um, I think Enif pissed it off pretty badly. It was real mad at them, and and I think as soon as it gets in, if Enif is anywhere within the area, that's probably the first person it's going to go after. Um, so I, I haven't heard back from them yet. I'm not sure if you knew uh, exactly where they ended up last night. I, I'm just hoping that they're okay. I still haven't heard anything. But, Isaac, something you said gave me an idea. Oh? If we need them to stay in lockdown, how do we get the camp to declare another lockdown? Uh, have another wolf sighting? I happen to know one wolf. And he flips out his phone, and he calls Baron again.
yeah, so Baron, uh, you wake up in the morning. I think uh, you, you feel some something nudging you, and you wake up to uh, to Gwen's smiling face as she kind of like uh, jostles you awake, and she just goes, I, "I can't believe I'm trying to wake up a wolf." Like, I guess this line's just let sleeping dogs lie. This says nothing about sleeping wolves. <laughs> uh, and you see Gwen just kind of. Gently shaking you, and as soon as she sees your eyes open, she she kind of like backs up, very like cautiously, and just goes, "Eh, I mean, I mean, you're you're still friendly, Wolf, right?" <laughs> okay, I don't know what I expected, but she gives thumbs up and kind of slowly backs away, and uh, goes, "So uh, we're headed out to continue seeing if we can't find the big old wolf, the the one that's not you." Uh, you're welcome to continue joining us if you like, or you can go back home because you're a wild animal and you shouldn't have been following us that long in the first place. <laughs> Is this a sign? <laughs> um, I think Baron's going to kind of sit, kind of like turn his head to side to side and like look at her and then just kind of like bow his head a bit and then just kind of just start like walking off into the distance. Gwen watches you and just goes, "Okay, bye." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Seema and Abisha looks up and you hear Abisha just go, "Oh man, that was kind of going attack." I mean, I guess he's goddamn wolf. <laughs> As no one's gonna believe the story, are they? And Seema's like, "Oh, don't worry, I took pictures." <laughs> 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 and you, you, you are out of the area after that. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna wander off a bit into the forest where I'm not, not totally in, obviously in, in sight of them, um, and then yeah, I'll kind of transform back into myself, and, um, yeah, pull out my phone, and then realize that the people I was about to contact probably just contacted me. Yeah, so you have at least two missed calls. One from Enif at some point last night and one from Kernunos much later last night. Uh, one from Enif actually, by your best estimate, fairly shortly after you attacked them uh, and one from Kernunos fairly late on in the night after you had joined up with Seema and them. Um, and as you are figuring this out, uh, coincidentally enough, uh, your phone begins ringing again and uh, the caller ID says Kernunos. Are we in good enough reception? Yeah, it's uh, that that role only happens when it's urgent. Like if you're in a situation where you need to contact them right okay. right away. Uh, otherwise, like anything else in powered by the apocalypse systems, if there's no interesting narrative way it could fail, I'm just gonna not make you roll because there's no point. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'll answer my phone. Uh, hello. Ah, Baron. There you are. You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm in one piece. But, um... Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Enif at all? No, I haven't. I spent the night watching over some campers, so I haven't really been in contact with you guys. I was kind of trying to see what was going on on your end. Uh, pretty much the exact same thing. Hmm. Um, I need your help. With what? And, uh... Kununus, like, make sure that no one's, like, listening in on him. Um, the creature is in the camp. 
and um, well, if campus are leaving the campsites, it's going to kill them. Hmm. I need you to scare someone well enough that they call another camp lockdown. Uh. Okay, like now. Yes. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to get back more towards your campsite. I think the campers that I stayed with now realize that there are two wolves and they'll be smart enough to figure out that I'm not the bad wolf, which is a good thing in most scenarios except for this one. Um, also, the wards have been repaired. So the wolf is actually trapped in here with us, technically. I am not sure if that's a good thing, but the knowledge is power. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I saw, I woke up and they were kind of, you know, still not in disrepair. So I, I kind of put one of them up at least to at least have some sort of barrier for the time being. Yeah, all right. Good to know. Um so yeah, I need you to scare the shit out of someone. Okay. Um maybe I can meet up with you guys. Um and I guess we'll formulate a plan. What are the what are the campers doing right now? They're they're waking up and getting ready to start doing things. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll start heading back. Um maybe you can meet me in the outlying forest of the campsite and we'll kinda of coordinate there. Boop, boop. All right. Um, you are you, Baron. Um, me, Baron. I kind of left the list. Me, Baron. You, Keeper. <laughs> me, Hoi Manoi. <laughs> so you, Baron, are alone in the forest, and you begin to make your way to the rendezvous you have planned. Um, it takes you a little while to get there, and during that time, I guess Cornelius and Isaac probably just grab themselves some breakfast as it's being prepared. Yeah, I think so. What are they having? Um, I think it's just like scrambled eggs and bacon. Super watery eggs. Bacon. Oh, don't mm. say that. Yeah, they are. You know what? Yeah. I bet they were pre-scrambled and then put into a bag in a cooler. Gross. I was actually going to say they're at probably the, the, the carton scrambled eggs. Yeah. So watery mm. scrambled eggs. Is this I the mean, one thing again, that's not camp. good in this universe? Camp food can't be always good. But like, it's just not again. That's just straight up public school food. <laughs> yeah. no, no, see, see, the, the rule in my universe is, is if it's a small business, they make great food because they deserve it. Aww. That's <laughs> actually super sweet. But everything else is a little Everything else is like garbage. You, you go to a Denny's and it's just, you literally, every food, everything is burnt. Everybody gets <laughs> food poisoning. Uh, but yeah, so as you're eating breakfast. What is it with you um, and Denny's? I just realized that we made this joke before. And Did we really? We were, yeah, we were talking about how, like, all the food in this universe is good, and how come we can't just go to a bad restaurant? And you were, and you said something about, like, well, fine, next time we'll go to a Denny's. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, a, a well-known running joke that Denny's is just... Not great. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's okay. It's, it's average. Food. But if you think about it, have you ever been unhappy at a Denny's? 
I mean, I haven't. I don't think I, I just can't remember the last that, time like, I've been I mean, to a Denny's. Yeah, but have you ever been like blown away at a Denny's? No, definitely not. I've been I've been neutral yeah. at a Denny's. No. Like that's the lowest I've been. I, I don't. Think. Yeah. I don't think. All right, look. When we had our one friend's bachelor party, and that friend was Chris. When we had Chris's <laughs> bachelor party, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah. this is a true story. We we stopped at a Denny's, and it was the best, like one of the better meals we'd had the whole weekend. <laughs> But I was that because say... we were running low on energy and also with friends? Yeah, but were you, like, hungover. having oh, a hangover? Oh, because then yeah. all food tastes good. Oh, I was. I was totally hungover. Yeah. yeah. I was also hungover. I will also say they do have the best of the, like, molten lava chocolate cakes. Uh, primarily because they are not too much to eat. And they're only, like, two or three bucks. They're, like, they're not the best on the full flavor scale, but on the price to flavor scale they are amazing <laughs> they didn't they didn't check the oops all edges category either because yeah. the, the the issue with a lot of places <laughs> and desserts is you're already pretty full and also you already spent a lot of money so you don't want to spend six bucks on a dessert that you're not gonna finish uh but then he's like hey three bucks and it's literally a little mug cake with some ice cream on top i'm like i can that's why you go I to a place that's not there's room for dessert. this dessert so, so Jess, here's the mm-hmm. thing, though. I did create an actual survey for chocolate lava cakes, okay. and Denny's did so score good. highest out of everywhere that we stopped. And what is what is the criteria on this survey? <laughs> oh, no. uh, oh, oh, don't you oh, worry. No. I'll go there ahead and put lot. this in Discord. Okay, fabulous. Oh, the scale man. makes no sense. Yes, I, it does. Um, all right. So, yeah. Uh, Kernudos and uh, Isaac, you go over to have some breakfast. It's just the, uh, like, carton scrambled eggs and some bacon it's not terrible but like it's not fantastic uh and as you're eating you can't help but notice as probably about uh 15 minutes after all this happens you hear uh the the puttering of ranger thomas truck and you see him come out and go over and meet up with uh camp master Herrero and talk with him for a bit um you uh as they have their conversation, Camp Master Herrero, uh, his smile turns into this big beaming smile, and you hear him, hear him shout just from a decent distance away, just, oh, thank you. Thank you, Ranger Tom. <laughs> the kids will be so happy to hear. Oh, thanks so much, sir. And uh, you hear Ranger Tom grumble something that's much less audible. And uh, he, I think, catches your eye, Kernunos, and uh, gives you sort of a grim look but then heads back to his uh, truck without inviting further conversation. What do you do? Um, he's just, like, going to his truck and walking away. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I wait for him to drive away and then walkie him, because I still have his walkie. All right, you uh, walkie-talkie him. Uh, you, you remember to hit the button, and, uh, yeah, you reach out to him. Um. Ranger, what was the announcement that you made? Well, we got an interesting report in this morning. Uh, uh, I believe you met Seema, right? Uh, yes, the one camper. Uh, 
but they found another wolf that was docile, and it turns out that uh, we, as a result of that uh, information, kind of have to announce that the wolf's not a danger since it hasn't attacked or harmed anyone yet. It just seems to be confused. So until the enforcement circumstance that a camper actually gets hurt, the campers are free to wander the entire campsite. Time to commit a murder. That seems like a really backwards <laughs> decision to make. There's a wolf in the area. It's confused. Maybe it'll attack a camper let's, in its confusion. Let's wait until blood but is drawn. Yeah, we're going to assume innocent until proven guilty in this scenario. Um, I text... I think Karina knows size. And then texts Baron. And just uh, says, Baron, I need you to kill me.